Hey, welcome to the Friday podcast. This is a good one. Jim Jordan joins us from Washington. Uh, we talked to uh, we talked to I think one of the best uh, reporters out there. Somebody who has really risked everything and has paid a heavy price for telling the truth. John Solomon. We're going to talk to him about what's really going on with the documents and why the why the federal uh, bureau of investigation can seem to catch these whitmer terrorists quickly which i'm glad they did and yet we still don't know what was going on during the 2016 election where are the prosecutions where's the fbi there that and how to argue critical theory all on today's podcast You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. A guy who is one of the watch uh, watchmen on the gates uh, serves as the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee on the and uh, the uh, House Oversight uh, Committee. His name is Jim Jordan, one of the more conservative guys. In fact, I think the most conservative guy in uh, Congress. Welcome, Jim. How are you? I'm doing fine, Glenn. Good to be with you today. Thank you very much. So I want to I want to talk okay. to you about several things, uh, but uh, first of all, let me start with the Whitmer thing. Um, I condemn this. This is n- these are not right wing people. Uh, they're not constitutionalists. Uh, they hate Donald Trump in their own words, and yep. the video has the black anarchist flag behind them. Now, yeah. I'm glad the FBI took them down. But can you tell me why the hell we can take they, these guys down in a seemingly such short order, but we're still asking the question if there's any coordination <laughs> with Antifa? Yeah, no, I, I, I look, I'm like you. These guys are these guys are crazy, and, and, it, and it's great that the FBI is uh, is, is uh, going after them and, and, and arresting these guys. And uh, they should. Yeah, and, and yeah, and they should. It, it, you're right, but but also look at Antifa. I, I, what, what is it now? 120 some days yeah. straight that they've been laying siege to the to the city of Portland. I mean, literally laying siege to a city. Um, so we, we need to figure out, and we've we've talked to the Justice Department about this. We need to figure out who's financing these folks. Well, wait, 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 wait. What is the justice? I'm, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Congressman, because I'm not coming out, at, you know, on, on you hard. I really not. You're one of the good guys. But I am so frustrated with hearing about, oh, well, the Justice Department and, and Bill Barr is going to be doing, you know, all the when, <laughs> when. Yeah, well, you. You, you and, a, you and a, all kinds of other Americans, Glenn, you and millions of other Americans, because we'll, we'll, let's just go back to the FBI, to, to, the, uh, to the whole uh, Trump-Russia hoax that we now know without a doubt. We knew this already, but now we have proof without a doubt was a hoax that Clinton made it up to cover up her, the, the fact that she destroyed 30,000 emails. We got, that, we got Brennan's notes this week. So we, we, we know what, what took there. It is time to figure out, can, can we actually arrest some people here? Can we indict some people here? So well, yesterday, um, yesterday, the frustration. yesterday, Trump said that, uh, you know, A.G. Uh, Barr has more than enough evidence to indict members of the Obama administration. And I think he went as far as uh, saying Obama for the Trump, you know, uh, Russia stuff. Uh, he said it included Obama and Joe Biden. So, well, do you know what and what the pre, what the president is referencing there? And then look, Bill Barr has done a done a good job, and I, I appreciate the work he's doing. But like so many Americans, we are all 
like, come on, we, we, we know what happened here. But what I think the president's referring to is the now famous January 5th meeting, January 5th, right. 2017, when they're in the White House with it's Obama, it's Biden, it's Susan Rice, the now famous email 15 days later where Susan Rice uh, does the, the, the greatest cover your backside email in history mm-hmm. and says, oh, the president told us to do it all by the book. But that's the meeting where they decided we have to get Michael Flynn because Michael Flynn is former head of defense intelligence. will figure out what we did. We have to cover it up. And the only way to cover it up is to get rid of the guy who was former head of defense intelligence, who's now going to be the national security advisor to the president of the United States. And so that's the day they have to plan to take out Michael Flynn. And they did it just 19 days later, January 24th, four days into the administration when they went in and set up Michael Flynn. Okay, so, we, so, so we so know that. that. That's what referring to. Right, we know that. We've had that. But now we also have evidence that the president was briefed by Brennan. By Brennan. Twice. By Brennan, right. So, I mean, right. you, this this goes back all the way to the summer before during the election. Right. Th- th- no, it goes back to three days before. It goes back to July 28th, three days before they open the investigation, three days before that. Britain tells them it's a hoax. Clinton's doing it to take the heat off of her. Clinton's do this to to to, uh, you know, conjures this whole thing up three days before, three days later on July 31st, they open the investigation. So those two things, that July 28th notes, and then what happened on January 5th, 2017, that seems to point to right to the president and to Mr. Uh, and to the vice president, uh, Vice President Biden. And I think that's what the president's referring to. So, again, the, the, we can't you and I can't indict anyone. Right. And, you know, you, you know, do know. a great job of giving people information. And I'm in Congress. What I can do is, is and we did this. We talked about there were just a handful of us. Three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. a handful of us who were talking about this, and no one wanted to help us. And frankly, we had, we had leaders back then in the Republican Party who tried to stop us. But we said something smells wrong here. And the more we dug into it, the more we figured out there was a rat here. And now it's, now it's time for the Justice Department to figure out if they're going to indict someone. And if they're going to do it, they need to do it. But we can't control that. Okay, so here's here's the problem, as I see. The republic is at stake. It, you've, I'm sure you have read the, uh, at least the executive summary of the, you know, what is it, the, the Transition Integrity Project. Have you read that yet? I'm not, but I've heard about this. Oh, my gosh. I've heard I'm gonna, about it, but I'm not read. My staff will send you all of the notes, and it's not mm-hmm. our opinion. It's their words. These are the same exact people that were involved back then. And it is a plot to repeat the 1876 election where it was absolute chaos. And I'm telling you, it's insurrection. How, when, when is something going to happen? Is there anyone? I mean, I don't believe that A.G. Barr is a member of the deep state, but... There is a there is a group of people who don't care about the election that are just going on and running this country. If we don't get it before Trump leaves office, God forbid, we're not going to get it and we lose the republic. No, that that and that concerns me. That that concerns me uh, that that, you know, but but here's the good news. Look, look, look. Uh, I understand what the deep state wants to do. I understand some of these folks and what they're trying to do. But the good news is I think the president's going to win. I think he's going to, I mean, you can feel it in, in our state. You know, he won our state by eight and a half and we're always considered the, the, the swing state Ohio. Right. right. Uh, but, but he won. And it feels exactly like 2016. In some ways it feels like there's more energy for the president uh, well, now it, than there was. At least there was, there was some energy behind Hillary Clinton being the first woman, et cetera, et cetera. There's no energy behind Joe Biden. None. <laughs> well, 
No, of course not. This, this this election is about the president. It's about the president. And and uh, uh, the energy, the positive energy for the president is is something I've just not seen. You, you can the Trump parades, the boat parades, you can the, the flags everywhere. You can see it across our great state. And frankly, I've traveled around the country and you can feel I was I've been in Wisconsin. I've been in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be in Texas. I'm going to be in Florida uh, later tonight. You can you can feel that as well uh, because they know this guy has been fighting for us. And here's the thing I always come back to. Remember the other night when, when, when Kamala Harris says she, she said you can, she, she couldn't trust the president. I'm like, you can't trust the president. This guy, more than any president in our lifetimes, Glenn, has done more of what he said he would do uh-huh. than anyone. He said he would cut taxes, cut taxes, said he'd reduce regulations, reduce regulations, said he'd have a great economy, had the greatest economy ever before the virus is coming back. Said he'd build the wall. He's built the wall. Said he'd get out of the Iran mm. deal, got out of the Iran. Said he put the embassy in Jerusalem, put it in Jerusalem. Said he'd get a new NAFTA, new NAFTA. And said, here's the best one. He said, I'm going to give you a list of the people I will choose from for the Supreme Court. Put out a list, chose from that list, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. They're now on the court. Then he said, you know what? I'm going to do it again. Put out a list, chose from that list with the passing of Justice Ginsburg and pick uh, Amy Coney Barrett. This guy, more than any public official, more than any politician, has done what he has said he would do. That's what the American people understand. That's what, that's what the vice president communicated the other night. And that's why I think he's going to win. And I think, frankly, it could be big. Uh, from your lips to God's ear, I, I if if I didn't have the mainstream media telling and filling your head or my head with polls uh, that I think are wildly inaccurate and you can prove those uh, by looking at the methodology. Um, if I didn't have that, I would say this is going to be a landslide because the left is so out of touch with the American, with the traditional yeah. American viewpoints. Um, l- let yeah. me, I, I know we're pressed for time. So let me just ask a, a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of other questions. Sure. Brennan has laughed off the claims that Hillary approved, approved the Russian hoax. The media is still treating, you know, everything they're saying is fact. Uh, how, how, how does this story end for the media? What has to happen before the, the facts are actually called facts? No, with the mainstream press, it'll never happen. But, but again, the, the American people can see through the mainstream media. Well, well we got the story today. Steve Scully is, is, is colluding with what, what uh, Scaramucci, some, 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 uh, some email today. We, we, they're never going to, to, to see. This is the same mainstream media where you had 15 people who traveled with the president who said that, that, that the comments that were printed by four anonymous sources, and they believe the anonymous sources, when you had 15 eyewitnesses. So when you have when you have John Bolton, who wrote an anti-Trump book, say that's not true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So the, the mainstream press is just the Democrat Party uh, pretending that they're doing some okay. kind of journalism when we know they're not. So uh, I don't I don't ever think they're going to come around to the truth. But the American people get the truth and uh, they know what the, what they did to this president was was uh, was completely wrong. And they started before he was even even elected the only reason i can think nancy pelosi is pulling this 25th amendment stunt is because she's trying to wear the american people out and just go i can't do this for another four years yeah probably so because uh, you know if you're so confident if you believe all these polls then then you know there's election in 26 days what, right. what, what are you what are you focusing on the 25th amendment for right i mean th- th- that's that that if if joe biden is kicking everyone's tail and he's going to win this thing why is he campaigning in pennsylvania right well, it seems to me he should be campaigning in Wyoming, for goodness sake, if he's up by, if he's up by that amount. That amount uh, that. So I'm like you. But remember this. Cato did a survey. Now, if you can trust this survey, which wasn't per se about politics. Cato did a simple survey. They said, are you 
comfortable speaking your mind in the cancel culture environment that we find ourselves in. They ask the question, are you comfortable speaking out? 62% of Americans said, I'm reluctant to share my views in the cancel culture environment we find ourselves in. Well, if 62% of Americans are reluctant to share their views on a, on a kind of a generalized question, might they be a little less than straightforward yeah. on a poll asking about the most controversial figure in, in probably our lifetimes in American politics, President Trump? I, I, think, I think they might. So I don't buy the polls because they're, they're no different than they were in 16 when President Trump won this election. Um, Twitter locked the account of the former uh, DNI, uh, the director of national intelligence, uh, Rick Grinnell. Rick he, Grinnell shared, yeah. he shared an image of ballots sent to him by a friend living in California who says they were addressed to his parents who have been dead for 10 years. Why yeah. was this, this happening? Why, why can't we talk about this? Why, why do they yeah, feel they have to uh, ban him now for that? Yeah, well, there's two, two questions there. First of all, why did they ban him? This, and the second question is, look what's happening with these ballots. We have a staff person in our office who, lives in, uh, who got four, uh, uh, four other ballots sent to her residence. Four other ballots. People who had already moved. Now, you don't think there's potential for mischief there. What, mm. Glenn, why is there just one party who thinks it's okay to count ballots after Election Day even if you can't distinguish the postmark date on the envelope the ballot arrived in. Why is that the case? Why would there be only one party who wants that to happen? Th- that is the position we find, because that's exactly what's going to happen in Pennsylvania. Well, I, That uh, is scary stuff. Jim, I will tell you that I, I fear for the voices. If they can take uh, Grinnell and silence him here, here with evidence yep. in his own life, we're not going to be able to defend the president or the election uh, on social media yeah. at all because they will silence all of our voices. I am glad yeah. you are in Congress. Thank you so much for all that you do yeah, and, uh, and stay in touch. You bet. Thank you. If you are ready for some really great news, keep listening. Built Bar is back and it is unbelievable. If you've been listening to my show this year, I love Built Bars. Uh, It's an all-American story. This is a client I asked to be on the show because I didn't listen to my wife again. And she's been telling me about it. But it has protein bar on it. And those always taste like a doormat. This is unbelievable. The mint brownie flavor? Oh, yes, baby. It is life-changing. The new bars taste better than ever. In addition to the 12 original flavors, Built Bar just added cookies and cream, carrot cake, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. I mean, it's just, it's great. Built bar delicious nutritious high protein low calorie high fiber low carbs 100 real chocolate and 100 really good plus they've reset the code for this new launch right now go to builtbar.com use the promo code back get ten dollars off your first order promo code back builtbar.com this is the best of the glenn beck program Hello, Grace. How are you? Hi, how are you? Very good. Uh, Where do you go to school? I shouldn't even ask that. Um, You're in Texas and you have a professor. And tell me about the professor without singling him out or her. Sure. Um, So my professor, uh, we're learning about different communication theories. And Mm -hmm. what we have been talking about for the last few weeks is critical theory, especially in the economic sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying that there is a huge gap between the bottom 10% and the top 1%. Mm -hmm. And the people in the bottom 10% are stuck there, and the people at 
the top are resilient and stay at the top and basically have um, a hand over everyone. And the people at the bottom, um, especially the communities of color, do not really, they have a chance, but it's a very limited chance of getting even in the top 10%. Right. So, okay. Um, All right. So you have to argue uh, this. It's it's a flawed uh, thing to if you're going to argue that this system, as it currently stands, is a free market because it's not a free market. Uh, It is big businesses and those with real money uh, colluding uh, with Congress and and everybody else, not through just elections, uh, but through uh, uh, lobbying. That really, I mean, that's why you see Google and uh, Twitter getting all of the special exemptions because they've got enough money to be able to do it. So don't argue uh, that this system that we're using right now, this system needs to be cleaned up and people need to go to jail and laws need to be enacted to stop this kind of stuff. Uh, Grace, let me introduce you to Justin Haskins. Have you have you two met? Have you already talked on the phone? Uh, we actually talked yesterday on the phone, okay. yes. All right. So, Justin, welcome, Justin. Uh, Justin is, I think, one of the best voices on uh, socialism, Marxism, uh, what's going on in America, and uh, also critical theory. And I get a little uh, uh, fuzzy and probably too much in the weeds on critical theory. So, I wanted to get Justin, who I think is really good. Hi, Justin. Hey, how you doing, Glenn? Good to speak with you. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you. Uh, so, Justin, you understand what Grace is trying to find out, right? I do, yes. Okay. We, Grace and I spoke yesterday, and uh, she's got an assignment coming up. And if we don't get an A on this assignment, I'm going to have a Black Lives Matter-like <laughs> protest on the front lawn of the college. I think that's what we're going to do. Okay. That's be the plan. So, Justin. Um, I do understand it. Take, yeah. her, take her through and the audience, because there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, I just talked to Gad, Gad Sad um, uh, yesterday, and and by the way, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, that is out right now. You can watch it on demand tomorrow. It'll be released on YouTube for everybody else about three o'clock in the afternoon. But Grace, I urge you to watch that because he's also, uh, I mean, he's a professor, and he explains what's going on really, really well. I think that will help you as well. If you have somebody in your life that is trying to figure things out, watch that podcast with him uh, because he's, he's really good. All right. So, Justin, where do we start? Okay. So, I think the, 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 best, the most important thing to understand is what critical theorists are trying to do. And what, what critical theorists are trying to do is they're looking at the world, the way of looking at the world, that's what critical theory is. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to explain why the problems that exist in the world exist the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And essentially what critical theorists argue, uh, and there's a whole bunch of different kinds of critical theories, but what they always try to argue is um, that the reason why some groups of people in society, whether it's race or religion or any other kind of group, class, Um, the reason why those people are not successful uh, relative to other people, not as successful as other people, is because of power structures, differences between power in society. So, for example, critical race theory is one of the easiest ones to understand. Uh, White people wrote the laws of the United States. This is how a critical race theorist would talk. White people wrote the laws of the United States. So the system is rigged in the favor of white people. 
even if they didn't do it uh, deliberately. They subconsciously did it. They created a system that benefits their own group. And so African-Americans and Hispanics and other groups, they have no hope of success because the rules are written to favor the people who are in power. And, and that's what makes it so hard for people to move out of lower classes into upper classes. This is what they would argue. And so all the problems that exist in society exist in, directly or indirectly because of a difference in power dynamics between groups. So the only way to fix that is for there to be no differences in powers between groups. Now, this is why it's so important for people. It's really important for people to understand this. This is a fundamentally Marxist concept. And the reason I say that is not only because Karl Marx made these exact same kinds of arguments about wealth when he's arguing against capitalism, right. but because when you take this to its logical end, if you have different amounts of wealth in society, even if you could fix all the other differences in power, if you have different amounts of wealth in society, then you have different amounts of power in society. So the only way to fix the problem, if you take it to, it, to its logical end, is for everyone to have exactly the same amount of wealth. That's communism. That's why this system ultimately always leads back to Marxism, because that's the only way for there to have no differences in power that in, in society. The other way to go is like a national socialism or a, some sort of authoritarianism. It doesn't have to be communism, but it's always Marxism. Um, you know, the, the Nazis were socialists, national socialists. And what they said was, um, uh, you can have private property, but you can only use it the way the state wants you to use it. Uh, what the Great Reset, now being pushed by uh, the UN um, and also uh, the Economic Forum, World Economic Forum, uh, that Great Reset is based on this same thing that we're going to balance everything out, and you'll be companies will be able to own things, but and they'll be the manufacturing company. Apple will still exist, but they'll be partners with the government. They'll have to make the things that the government and their advisors say they need to make um and it's more of a chinese communism where it's a hybrid between the two they say but there is no free market in that would you agree justin yeah that, that's that's exactly right this is the way that you you get socialism in the 21st century you're not right. going to get it through marching people out of the cities into communes in the countryside like they did 50, 60 years ago. It's just not going to happen. You're going to do it exactly the way you just described, by controlling the economy, not necessarily owning everything. And the elites, of course, are the only people in, in the world who are qualified enough to tell everyone in the world how to live. It right. has to be the, the elites that control all of us. So you're exactly right, and that's, that's what the Great Reset is all about, and that's what the World Economic Forum is pushing for. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I do want to mention, Ashley, if you don't mind, sure. that my professor did say yesterday in class, he said, if you disagree with me, I appreciate that because you are not taking things at face value. Good so for I'm him. sure he'll... Yeah, I'm sure good he'll appreciate this paper. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. So um, w what, what else do you need help with? Sure. So how would you oppose critical theory without sounding heartless? Oh, right. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this, is great. this is great. We could go on for two hours on this one. You want to start, Justin? 
Yeah, I, I think that the best way to start is to do exactly what Glenn said earlier and admit that the current system is broken. It's full of cronyism. It's no good. We don't like the current system as it stands now. It's I think that's not a really the, important. Point. Yeah, it's not the free market. What we're experiencing is not the free market. Exactly. And then I think the I think the second point that you want to hammer right away is you want to say, look, what I want is a system that makes everyone wealthy. I want everyone's life to be better. I want everyone to be wealthy and successful and healthy and happy. That's what I want. And I believe that history shows unequivocally that the best way to do that is to have a free market economic system that when you the, the freer the market is in a society, and coupled with individual liberty, coupled with protections under the rule of law, the freer that market is, the more economic success that country has for everybody across everybody. the board. It's, right. In the book, exactly. we talk and about that's a really important point to make in the book. We talk uh, about India. And if you look at uh, India, uh, it was a communist country. It was a socialist country. The caste system. I mean, it was you were either going to make it or you're not. Now that there is the free market in India, India is exploding. It's it's still not uh, America, uh, but it is changing a great deal. And it gives people the opportunity at any level to start something themselves. You in India, you have all kinds of shop owners that had nothing. They had nothing. And now they have their own cart or their own shop. And they're much happier and have access to wealth now that they didn't have before. That's that's exactly right. And, and, and actually, the story of India and really the story of some of the liberalization that's gone on in China, too, although they're obviously not a free market country um, well, in both you- of those places. Hundreds of millions of people over the past 50 years, hundreds of millions of people, more people have left poverty in those countries than people live in the United States in just the past 50 years. So why is it that we don't hear that narrative ever being talked about when we have these conversations about socialism and capitalism and capitalism and free markets? Even though they're just putting a little drop of free market capitalism into their system, they are lifting hundreds of millions of people from poverty. The best thing that could have ever happened to India and to China is even just a little bit of of capitalism in their society. And so it's and and use the word free market over capitalism, because capitalism is is what people think of when they think of this country. And uh, this country, unfortunately, is crony capitalism. Uh, It is on the path to what Russia has. Russia doesn't have a free market. You have a bunch of people that are still in pain because you had the the former communists take control. They just took off their uniform and put a suit on. Now they become oligarchs. And now they off each other. Um, It's 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 a mob run system uh, over there. Russia is an example of 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 communists not knowing how to use the free market as the everyday average person and then those in power taking control again and instead of just having the state take it from people they just take it they just take the power and the money and they become oligarchs so you need to really talk about um adam smith's understanding of a moral society uh and a uh 
and and a uh, uh, um, a system that you you haven't seen here in America. It requires people to be involved. But if you believe in the individual and you believe in free will and freedom of choice, which I believe is is a God thing, we were given free will. If you believe in Martin Luther King and what he said, that all men should be looked at and judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, not their wealth, nothing. Just what is it they do? A merit-based society where the government, as it says in the Declaration of Independence, is instituted among men to protect those rights. Right now, our government is protecting the rights of the wealthy instead of protecting the rights of all men. It's why justice is blind. But we don't have a blind justice system anymore. Look at what happens if you are a elected official. You can get away with anything. If you're somebody with power, you can get away with it. If you're somebody who's just the average Joe, you go to prison. That's not blind justice. That's not the Constitution. That's not part of the system that we uphold. We want people to uh, uh, to be uh, happy and fulfilled. But unless you can um, chart your own course, unless you can say, yeah, I know I'm going to be poor because it, uh, it sucks, but uh, I really believe in the toy train wheel store because I'm an expert on toy train wheels and that's all I want to sell. Okay, well, that's probably not going to be successful. But that person goes to work every day and they love their job. They love it because they have the chance to be who they are. I can't guarantee you a success on that, but uh, they uh, they are happy. The other thing you have to remember, um, and this is really kind of Adam Smith's moral sentiments in a nutshell, the best kind of capitalism is the kind of capitalism that says, what do people need? Okay, what do they need? How can I make their life better? For instance, windows, windows by Bill Gates changed the world and made our lives so much easier because all of a sudden we didn't have to have to learn code it just all of a sudden the window was there and we could use these instruments and they've changed the world and made all of our lives better. Apple, what does the world need? They they need a way to access music and their phone and take pictures. So the free market asked what do they need and then it created it. So the best way for capitalism to really work is when you have those entrepreneurs that are saying, how can I make people's lives better? How can I make their lives easier? When people are incentivized to help other people, uh, amazing things happen. For instance, it will always be the rich that get, in fact, my wife for my 40th birthday, 15 years ago, my 40th birthday, my wife bought the very first flat screen hang on the wall television. It was a Sony Trinitron flat screen. It weighs a ton uh, and it costs $10,000. A flat screen now hangs in some of the lowest class uh, homes 
in America. Because, yes, the rich do buy it, but that money pushes it forward so it can go down and become cheaper and cheaper and cheaper until people can everybody can access it. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a great point, Glenn. And the other the other side of that is that progress, that progress can only come when you have a high level of efficiency in the economy. Mm-hmm. And what government does when they start getting involved in the economy is slowing that efficiency down and making it harder for that progress to occur. And that actually limits the ability over the long run for lower income people to move out of poverty because they're limiting economic opportunities. And we see this across our entire country at the state and federal level with things like occupational licensing rules where you can't even cut people's hair now without getting a license. We see this for all kinds of other things. Regulations are actually keeping people in poverty and limiting economic growth. If we didn't have so much of that, the economy would be growing faster. People would be making more money. The quality of life would be improved. That's not happening in large part because the government is keeping its boot on the throat of regular people and not allowing them to have those economic opportunities. And then the system is rigged at the top because the wealthiest most influential corporations are able to buy support at the political level to craft the rules so it benefits them and not their competitors. A free market system would never allow for any of that to happen. And I I just want you to remember one thing, uh, Grace. Um, People will say, but yeah, but people will suffer. People will, people will go broke. Yes. Yes, they will. Um, it, It is not always because you're a, non-compassionate hate monger that you say people have to pay the consequences the banks never paid the consequences they were sa- they were saved by the federal government in this in this crony capitalism they made really bad unethical decisions they should have paid for it now would we have all paid for it yes but I contend, I contend we are paying for it in a different way right now with civil unrest. It is a loving parent that allows their children to feel the ramifications of their own actions. My dad told me if you ever are pulled over and you're drunk or driving and you get pulled over and you're going to jail, you will not see my ass bailing you out. And he meant it. And it, why did he do that? Because he's a bad guy? No, because my actions have serious consequences, and I need to pay that price. That's real compassion, not just handing everybody anything that they want. Um, Grace, I've got to run. Is, how, has this been helpful? Yes, absolutely. This has helped me so much narrow down how I can argue against critical theory. Great. Um, uh, We want to hear the updates on it and send me your paper because I'd love to read it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Justin. Thank you very much. Uh, You bet. Uh, Justin and I, by the way, are working on a new book you are going to really, really love. (laughs) 